This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Curtis isn't even my first name, actually. Charles is my first name. Oh. Curtis, is my, Curtis is my middle name. So I've got, three, I've got th- three names that, can, that are common first and last names. Okay. <laughs> I'll let Patrick, I'll let Curtis go if he's ready. He said Patrick. He said he's going to go. Sorry, man. You're in my head. He's been planning that the whole episode. (laughs) He's been planning that the whole episode. Uh, Whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, no. What are we doing? Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot go with him. Can't do it. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil. With me is Josh Crocker, who seems to have a bit of a thing against grown men using bit emojis today. What's up, Josh? It's not okay. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> you're, 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 you're angry, man. It's all right. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised is all. All right. And we also have Adam over here, who's helped me constantly post bit emojis today to kind of ruin josh's day a little bit what's up adam uh, i mean it's true josh is just behind with the times <laughs> i don't know what's going on man well he's you, an old man he is well you think the three of us are you know all one needs on a podcast we've kind of you know been doing this for a while but we're not stopping there today man we have a special guest the worlds have aligned the stars have aligned the timing is perfect it must be a full moon or something we've we've made it all happen today with us is Coner. Chief Brand Officer of Rotoviz, one of the hosts of the Dynasty Command podcast. He's on a podcast world tour as we speak. We're, you know, humbled to be part of that sold out tour. So welcome to the Cloud Dodgers podcast, Curtis Patrick. Hey, guys. Thanks for having uh, me on. I have not been in any bit emoji wars today, <laughs> uh, but I'm having a great evening. You know, I, I pulled up. I always like to research all these different podcasts. There's so many podcasts. It's difficult to have listened to, you know, all of them uh, multiple times. but as I was researching for this guest spot, I noticed that you guys uh, also say that you're a pod that talks a little bit about culture. And you guys you guys might know that I'm a fan uh, of bourbon. So I actually pulled out the most cultured bourbon that I could think of for this guest spot tonight. And it's Jefferson's, uh, Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea. This bourbon actually, as it was aging, traveled to 30 ports on five different continents. That's as cultured as I can imagine a bourbon being. That seems pretty serious. That's real serious. That's cool that you uh, you got the, the the drink to match with the show, man. I like that. That's pretty. That's pretty. Yeah, dope. I just I, just took a swig. It's uh, if the show's gonna be anything like the bourbon, we're in for good night. <laughs> we'll try to live up to the bourbon. I did want to make sure too, Curtis, because I wanted to make sure I said Curtis Patrick because on the last episode we did with Ray Garvin, I actually only said Ray when I introduced him. 
as if he was, you know, a one name guy like Prince or Sting <laughs> or Diddy or something. So, you know, I could have introduced you as just Curtis. It would have been a little different of a flair for your podcast interest, I assume. But uh, I wanted to make sure I threw the last name. And, the Ray, and Ray didn't miss a beat. He wasn't like, that's it. Like, that's all. He just went right with it. But I was like, yeah, why did I say Ray and that's it? I don't know why I did that. I just yeah, that's all, that's all we need to be doing is pumping Ray's ego up <laughs> exactly. anymore right now. Yeah. I love how that's been eating at Neil <laughs> since the last time he recorded. It's been bothering Neil's me. Neil's just been sitting on that. It's been bothering me so much. I'm like, why did I do that? It's just one of those things that just happened. Anyway, as a listener of the podcast, I'm sure many people come to expect that when we have a guest on like Curtis, we do like to hit a few bullet points that kind of just, you know, give a background of you, form a little context, just easy warm up questions to, to you know, to kind of. Kind of get, let them know who you are if they aren't familiar, for whatever reason that would be. And if they are familiar, they just need to know, know anyway. So um, I did mention in the intro there that you're a big dog over at RotoViz. So for anyone who doesn't know or just to remind them, what is why, why, let's, let's go this way. Why is RotoViz or what about RotoViz is different than the other sites that, you know, create fancy product? Sure. Yeah, that's that's great. And thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk talk about RotoViz. So RotoViz.com. Um, has been around. Uh, I think it, it started gaining popularity back in like 2014. A lot of the biggest names in fantasy football today got their start uh, at, at Rotoviz and and some really important and big metrics that you may have heard of, like breakout age, um, you know, dominator rating. Some of these things that that we hear about, especially during our draft cycle or right now, those those were actually created you know, by original Rotoviz members. Um, and, and they've become part of the, the fabric of the fantasy community. And, and that's part of our proud pr- uh, tradition. So Rotoviz is really a site that's rooted in analytics. Um, you know, we're always searching for uh, data to support our takes. Um, and, and we try to make our, our predictions and our prognostications rooted in, in something that's real. doesn't mean that we can't appreciate context or appreciate um, you know, a film to, to a degree, but, you know, but we're largely, uh, folks that are dabbling in, in numbers and making sure that the math adds up. And, um, it's, it's really fun to be part of a group like that. Cause it's almost like a, it's a really professional attitude. You've got to have, uh, the research done, um, when you present an idea. And I think we're always challenging each other to get better because of things like that. So, um, in terms of what the site offers as compared to other fantasy sites out there, um, you know, first, I would say it's it's analytics rooted uh, fantasy takes, but we've got over 29 different tools and apps on the site that we actually they're the same tools that we use as analysts. Um, but that's what we allow the subs to use. I mean, it's Rotoviz is a great sub to have if you're the type of person that likes to get in and do some of that research yourself um, or maybe even try, try to find your own new metric or actionable uh, idea. Uh, absolutely a fantastic site. Um, for that type of uh, that type of fantasy fun, um, we do redraft, we do best ball, we do dynasty. Uh, we've got you know rankings for Devi and dynasty. Um, so it, we're really a full, what I would call a full service fantasy football site. You know we're not just specializing only in dynasty or only in DFS uh, or only in redraft. You you get it all, and and we really try to keep the the price down too. You know a lot of the premium sites that have all these tools, you're paying like two hundred bucks a year. Uh, you can get you can get two years at Rotoviz for seventy five bucks right now. Wow! Um, which which on, honestly, um, I'm going to raise the price eventually. But you know, right <laughs> you know, right now, um, I just think that 
we don't want to be hiding this stuff. You know, we want this to be accessible to people because we think it's that cool. Yeah, I like that you have the tools and it's not like you guys are just using it to create content and advice for yourselves. You're also allowing the users to, you know, to create it with themselves and use it themselves. So that's pretty cool. And obviously, if you want to get it, you better get it soon because Curtis just told y'all he's raising the price. Get in there now. Um, I do. I think I, I do want to also mention that, you know, you have the Dynasty Command podcast, which I kind of referenced to in the beginning there. But um, that's a part of Rotoviz, right? So, again, it's a, it's a, a big content piece that you guys are doing. What do you feel like with that? Because again, just like the websites and just like the tools, there's a lot out there, right? There's, you mentioned in the beginning that there's a lot of podcasts to listen to. So what do you feel you and Travis then are doing there that, you know, are creating that edge or that value either in comparison to other, other podcasts or just that you feel like it's a highlight of what you guys do on the show? Yeah, another great question. And, and uh, for those that may not be familiar, you referenced Travis. So Travis May uh, is my my co-host on that, on that show. And, and I think... You know, our aim with the Dynasty Command Center podcast is to, again, just like Rotoviz, is make it a full service podcast for, but, but for all things Dynasty. You know, there's a lot of great pods out there that talk about Dynasty trades. You know, they have that, that name in their title, right. or, you know, there'll be kind of like a, a Dynasty stock market type approach, and, and they're really looking at player value. Um, but with Travis being our Debbie football coordinator at Rotoviz and really focusing, uh, you know, on, on the recruiting cycle, even, down to the high school level. Um, he actually, I've got a pod that I'm dropping uh, right after I'm done with you that it's a solo pod with Travis where he literally goes over all the national signing day uh, events from last week and, and which schools had the best recruiting classes. He's he's looking at these players at age 17, 18. And so for people that play in Debbie leagues, you know, like those are the types of people that know what this rookie class is bringing way, way before uh, the masses that are just playing generic dynasty right. are aware of any of these players. And so where I kind of come in is uh, focusing on the dynasty. I'm a practical application guy. I like to make sure people understand what types of moves they should be making in their leagues. How do we actually win league titles? And then marrying that in with all of the deep research that Travis does. It's just a great pairing. And so if you were to listen to like 10 episodes of our podcast, you might get one that focuses on some college recruiting. You might get three or four that talk about, uh, where we're looking at player movement within positions and who are, who are our targets right now, who are the guys that we're selling. You got, might get one that uh, is about startup drafts. You're just going to get that variety to really um, kind of stoke the fire for you uh, as a dynasty player all around. Nice. So it gets deep. So yeah, so that's, that's, that is definitely different. And like you said, with, you know, what, what he, what he's doing, that's a, that's a lot of work, man. That's, that's crazy. Does he, does he love, like once they get to the league too, like to see how it carries over, he must get so excited about that, right? Like it must be, oh yeah, it must be fun. When oh he, when yeah, he gets on the pod and someone yeah. just takes off. He's like, oh man, I've been watching them since high school. <laughs> yeah, if you if you hit on a player that you were big on, you know, when they're eighteen, uh, and and you follow them for three years, and then they early declare, and then they get drafted in the first round, and then they're a stud in the NFL. There's no better feeling. Yeah, and so, cool. uh, yeah, Tra- Travis and some of the other top Debbie guys out there. That that's for them. That's almost the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You you found this you found this guy at eighteen, and then he goes in the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah, for sure. All right, then one other thing that I wanted to hit on before we jump into some other stuff is you do also have the uh, the rookie guide that you guys do every year. So um, I seen you out there, you know, pumping it out there. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. But I again, I I, I like to highlight these things because you know, again, there's so many people creating content. There's so many people, you know, doing these kind of things, and I like to highlight 
you know, why yours, right? Just, it, I think it's important because there's so many people don't know where to go, who to choose. You got some people that buy them all, which is, you know, cool, which is great. And you got some people who only have the money to afford one or get one, right? So, uh, or they only want to stick with one because they don't want to get too confused and, you know, consume too much. So if we're again talking about your, your, uh, your rookie guide, what is, you know, going to stand out about this for someone? What is the specific part that maybe people really gravitate towards it for, you know, they tend to appreciate the most or, you know, you guys really highlight and focus on where, where, where's the value in this compared to others? Yeah, man, I, I love, I absolutely love doing the dynasty command center rookie guide each year. And I think the value really comes in that we release this in three volumes. You know, it's not just a, a live set of rankings that somebody's changing willy nilly every day based off of some interaction that they had with another analyst. We in, in volume one, which is out right now, the pre compound volume, you know, this is our top 60 players, not only just for traditional dynasty PPR format, but for tight end premium and for super flex, so we've adjusted it to the most popular league settings. But this is how we feel in, in stone about the top 60 prospects for our Rotoviz team uh, at this point in the process. And then about a week to 10 days after the NFL combine, we'll update that with volume two. And then after the NFL draft, when you know draft pedigree and team situation, you'll get volume three. So you kind of get the information from us as we've digested that new material. And so you're kind of along for the ride. But uh, not only do we do the rankings, we've got it separated into tiers. Um, it's not even just a rookie guide. We have a whole section on if you're trying to trade into this certain tier of rookies, who are the veterans that you should be trying to trade away for picks in that range? Nice. Uh, we, we, we've even got um, some kind of miniature versions of the deep research on Rotoviz, but we've, we've kind of given them more of a magazine feel. Uh, some people don't, some people appreciate research, but they don't really want to see like, everything that goes into the equation they just want you to explain it to them in broad terms right right what's easily digestible and so this has more of a magazine feel and and that's what's been really popular and i think why it's uh it's the main reason the guide has grown each year so you get you know articles from me sean siegel blair andrews travis may tj calkins um you know we talk about breakout age we talk about how to spot um you know the wide receivers with the adjusted production index and and what that really means running back athleticism and production and, and how to spot those breakouts uh, that are going to come in NFL. So a, l- a little bit of everything, but with a little bit more of a casual approach. And another cool thing that we add in volume two and volume three each year is adding in those IDP prospects. So uh, IDP is something that people that play are very passionate about, but there's not a lot of resources out there. Right. And so we try to make that available uh, just in this guide. We don't do a lot of that on the site, but but we put the work in to put it in the guide. And then I guess the other thing that would be unique is, again, kind of a theme for us, trying to keep the price down. Because at the end of the day, it, you know, this stuff has to be affordable for people. So uh, if, if you don't have $75 to buy a two-year sub to Rotoviz or even 50 to do a, a one-year sub, this is five bucks an issue. I mean, it's $14.99. Most people can scrap that together. Right. And so even if you don't want to buy a sub to the site, you can still buy this as a one-off. Yeah. And I, and I got to admit, man, I, I appreciate the casual side of it because I'm not too uh, I'm not too cool to act like when I read some people's stuff. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need a math degree to get this. All right. That's fine. So, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too shy to say that, Hey man, I appreciate some of that casual content too. <laughs> so it's cool that you guys, you know, bring both of those, uh, you know, both of those aspects to people. Cause you know that both of it has value. Um, all right. So now normally you know, we got a good background of you. He gave you the softball questions, the good ones, give people some context. Normally we would jump into 
headlines and injuries and news, but there really isn't any of that right now because we're kind of in that spot and, you know, in the off season where it's kind of slow, you know, like you said, Devi dynasty, you know, guys drafting rookies, there's still stuff, but there's no like crazy headlines. Right. So we had some options. We could have just jumped right over to the world famous trust issue segment, but there's no rush. We're getting there. We could have created a whole new segment where we just bash all of Josh's offseason trades because that's, that's easy. <laughs> but instead, Josh figured out a way to avoid that for now, which is fine. You know, it's cool. But we'll go ahead. Josh has something cooked up special for you, Curtis. You know, it's it's something that I got to admit. It's something that only is going to happen on this podcast, this episode. So it's Josh, go ahead and take it from here, though, man. So, Curtis, I'm not sure if anybody has ever uh, pointed this out to you before, but you, you kind of have two first names. You're aware yeah. of <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm very aware. I've been dealing with my whole life. The first day of school, growing up. Uh, yeah, okay. This is common sense to me, guys. All right. So if I'm a teacher, and I get a roster of all the students in my class, and everyone's listed last name, comma first name. All right. I know how I'm looking at those names. All right. So all right, Smith, comma Anna. I'm gonna. I'm taking roll. I'm calling out Anna's name. Well, they get down to mine, and it's like the comma's invisible, and they just call me Patrick for the first month. And so, like, <laughs> I mean, it literally has just my entire life. And, okay, so Curtis isn't even my first name, actually. Charles is my first name. Oh. Curtis, is my, Curtis is my middle name. So I've got, three, I've got th- three names that, can, that are common first and last names, okay? Isn't that wild? That's wild. That's, That's a wild. triple, triple whammy. Triple threat, but I guess I can fit in, and basically I'll just answer it about anything. Man, your parents had a sense of humor. Yeah, they did. I'm I'm a teacher, and I could see myself going down that roll sheet, and my eyes just like bouncing back and forth, and not knowing which name to say. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, You're sticking I, I, up for your peers. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say, irony is Josh is a teacher, and he came up with this 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 segment, so it's not a coincidence. So go ahead. Okay, Josh. so. So I've got sort of some clues here, and all all of the answers to these questions are athletes with two first names, okay? So I'm, I'm going to throw you a softball first just so we kind of get the ball rolling, right? So Carolina wide receiver, not named DJ Moore. Current? We're talking current players? Yeah. All right, yeah. Curtis, Curtis yeah. Samuel. Yeah, you got it. Curtis yeah. Samuel. Okay. Well, I so, wanted to go Kelvin Benjamin. For some <laughs> <So>. <laughs> okay. Man, Curtis could just go. feel the Neil energy radiating <laughs> off the pod, making him want to say Kelvin Benjamin. Big Kelvin that was Benjamin beautiful. Fan. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> okay. Slightly tougher. Number two. Here we go. This rushing quarterback was so publicly hated by the consensus, he became a steal in 2019 rookie drafts. Josh Allen. You got it. That's right. Josh Allen. <laughs> All right. You're good All at right. this, Curtis. You're good, man. Let's okay. go. Let's go. So this veteran NBA point guard left his longtime home in L.A. to play in Oklahoma this year. Man, this this can be pretty tough. I'm, <laughs> I'm admittedly not a huge NBA fan, not. but because of the game, I might have a chance. I don't know if this player plays here. I, can I ask? I'm going to ask one clarifying question. Is this player a former Clipper? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be Chris Paul. That's it. You got it. You yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. All 100%. Way to go. So that was, that was a spontaneous segment, Curtis. He, he came up with that. He didn't want us to bash his trades. So, you know. 
He had to think of right. something. Well, I, I crushed it, so the bar has been set for future guests. He did. The problem is we had the future guests with two first names. <laughs> so we're kind of limited. We're kind of limited. Or, or, at least like, or at least like themed names. You yeah. have to have two first names. Like if you got somebody whose last name's Brown, it could be like, you know, all all players with names of crayon colors. No, like, we're, we're yeah. holding out for Denny Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll have to recommend this guest spot to him. <laughs> We'd All appreciate right. it. All right. So let's move over to the segment that we had here planned for the show, which is trust issues. Um, it's a segment where basically um, we have lists of players or a statement or whatever it could be. And we just want to know if you trust it or if you have trust issues for that statement or player, whatever the situation is. Um, so we'll let Curtis go first. It's your the guest. The first one we have here is after a poor 2019 season, but a big playoff run, Damian Williams will be a top 24 running back in PPR in 2020. Trust or you have trust issues for that statement? Wow. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say trust, uh, but obviously it comes with the huge caveat of health, right? I mean, when he's healthy, there are a few backs as dynamic when it comes to scoring fantasy points as Damian Williams. I mean, he is the, the total boom player in that offense. But, um, you know, Kansas City's continuing to be a spot where a lot of rookies are mocked. Um, everyone wants Andy Reid to take an early round back. I think if you look at how he's handled the position since he got to KC, it's unlikely to happen. And I think the most likely thing to happen is for the team to kind of figure out what they're going to do with the resources to um, maybe keep Sammy Watkins on a cheaper deal um, or invest in a different position, probably on the defensive side of the ball. And Damian Williams is probably going to be back as the starter. So uh, I, I do like Damian Williams as a top 24 running back. And if we could guarantee 16 games, I'd like him as an RB1. But I think that's the problem is the 16 games, right, fellas? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think the health is a big factor. I don't see them totally replacing them. I just don't. It doesn't make sense. You know, like you said, health was the, the biggest factor. Josh or Adam, do either one of you have a really strong case for or against us in any way? I, I'm going to say really strongly for, honestly. Um, I've, been, I've been thinking a lot about this one. Uh, I actually threw this on here because – it, to, to me, I mean, he was a weird case study because everybody coming into last year was strongly debating his average draft position because he was going quite highly. I mean, he was like a second, third round pick in most fantasy drafts going into last year. Um, so flash forward to this year, having that like playoff run gave glimpses of hope. And for me, the glimpses of hope really come down to volume and if healthy he he looks like he's going to be getting the volume there i mean Lashawn mccoy's likely going to be moving on then he's really just going to be competing with darwin thompson and potentially a rookie but like curtis said i don't expect them to be using an early draft pick on a rookie running back so it's going to be another guy like in the darwin thompson range and I just I don't see Andy Reid using these young running backs. I think when healthy, Damian Williams is going to get the volume there, and it's going to be more volume than he even saw just this past season. It's just a matter of if it can hold up. And I think when he's on the field, he'll be a guy that you always want to start. But like Curtis said, I, I think that that injury concern just makes it so he he's a guy that you you know you're going to take in the mid rounds of your drafts, but you're not going to feel confident with. Yeah, Josh, any thoughts? 
I, I feel pretty good about Damian Williams being top okay. twenty four next year. I'm not I'm not selling him right now. I feel like his his price is is below that, really. So I, I think he's gonna be worth more producing on my roster. Right. So everyone feels pretty good about him barring any health concerns. Well none of us seem overly concerned about a pick or a draft pick or anything like that. Um, the next one in 2019, Cooper cup was the wide receiver 15 in points per game in PPR. He will finish as a top 10, 15 wide receiver in PPR in 2020 Curtis. Oh, absolutely. Trust this. I, uh, I, I went kind of deep on Cooper cup and called him one of my best buys in dynasty this month. I'll give you guys a couple little bullet points from that, from that piece. And I think people are really underselling how elite I mean, just truly how elite Cooper Cup has been. He kind of gets typecast as, you know, the boring slot receiver, but he's in like pretty rare air here over the past couple years here. Okay. So uh, Cup is only one of eight receivers to average more than 16 points per game in both the 2018 and 2019 seasons. Only eight guys did that. Cooper Cup's one of them. The rest of that list. I like it's literally just all the elite receivers in the NFL. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones are the first five. And then the other three who also did that are Mike Evans, Julian Edelman, and Keenan Allen. I mean, these are, you know, the uber elite guys in Dynasty. And Cooper Cup is right in there. If you want to get really picky, we can actually say that Antonio Brown did that. Even though he played one game in uh, 2019, he did score 16 points uh, in that game. So he would also be on that list. Also a big check mark in Cup's favor. But if you look at 2018 and 2019 and just kind of combine it all, let's just say that both, uh, you know, both seasons were combined into one 32 game mega slate. And then we took a per game average. Cooper Cup is seventh, seventh among all wide receivers at 16.9 points per game over the last two NFL seasons. I mean, um, top 15 uh, feels pretty safe to me. I know he had kind of a tale of two seasons. The people that want to fade Cup are the guys that maybe he burned over the last half of the season. Um, but the Rams kind of underwent an offensive identity crisis as they try to figure out how to spread the ball to Cup, Woods, and uh, kind of Tyler Higby as he was breaking out, and Brandon Cooks was falling by the wayside. So I think we'll pick it up right where we left off last year with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods rocking it, and uh, top 15 feels like easy money for me. Yeah, with everything you just mentioned, it seems hard to find a reason why he wouldn't be in the top 15. Uh, Josh or Adam, do either one of you have a case against that? You know, I just I, I don't understand what happened with the Rams offense. Like, I just don't I don't get it. It seemed like we got wide receiver after or pass catcher after pass catcher who ran super hot and then like just got turned off. I mean, and what happened to Brandon Cooks? I, I just don't understand these things. So you're afraid of whatever happened yeah. to Brandon Cooks could happen to Cup or or someone else can run hot and take away from Cup's opportunities, just, you're saying? I just cannot make sense of it. That's <laughs> fair. Adam, anyone have a point against that? Or to protect Cup from what he's talking about here, from the Cook situation or anything? No, I mean, I I don't know. I feel very strongly that Cooper Cup is, is going to have a big season of healthy. I mean, I, I think that, you know, like Curtis said, the, the way that they were utilizing him in the first half of the season, to me, is what the Rams want to do. As far as, like, if you look at an offense and look at how a team performs over the course of a season, I personally, I, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I do like to focus in on when teams are successful. 
what they are doing. And, and it seemed like with the Rams, they had a lot of success when they were focusing on getting Cooper Cup to football. Ultimately, I mean, it, it just it seems like their offense is going to be more pass-heavy moving forward. And it seems like Cooper Cup is really going to be a huge beneficiary in that. So as far as top 15, I think it, to me, if he's healthy, it's almost like a lock. Like he performed so well this past season. I I feel like it's almost foolish to, you know, think anything at less than that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of great points here. So Josh is just to kind (laughs) of, uh, just to kind of talk about the Brandon cook situation. It, it really is all about the concussions guys. So he had, he had two concussions in the same month this year and that's actually five concussions in six years um and so this this actually got really serious with him and so the team kind of used kid gloves and and i think even when he did play it had to have been in his head and even jared goff's head of man am i gonna throw him that same ball i threw him last month um when this guy literally started contemplating retirement because that of the head injury so um i think that as the team realized they couldn't use cooks aggressively, maybe the way that they had in the previous season, it became clear that leveraging a tight end uh, became preferable um, to having the third wide receiver. So, I, I mean, and, and I think, uh, I do think that it's going to be more of the same that we saw from the end of the year, except that we're going to figure out how the team balances cup and Higby on some of those similar routes, uh, you know, over the middle that, that cup is so good at. So I do think it's going to be, the Woods Cup and Higby show, and and unfortunately for for Cooks, I think he's going to be the guy that you only want in dynasty best ball, and he you're really not going to be able to depend on this guy at this point. I mean, five concussions in six years, including two serious ones in the same season. Uh, it's almost like remember a couple years ago before Jordan Reed had be, kind of become a joke because he was never available. <laughs> when it was like, well, you want him if he's healthy. But he's just a concussion waiting to happen, and I, I'm kind of getting that vibe from Cooks at this point. I think that's I think that's probably spot on. I mean, we also I remember like when Devonta Freeman, I believe, was having concussion issues yeah. back, and was just not the same guy for a while. Yeah, well, Cook might. You know, I, I'm still worried about Cup though, because like from week 12 on, he was he's a six target guy. You know, maybe maybe that's. Maybe that's not what they do coming into next year, but I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about him. Safe to say Josh has some trust issues. Cooper Cup, fellas. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of good points both ways. Um, the next one we have here is uh, Darren Waller was the tight end three in 2019 PPR. He will be a top five tight end in 2020. Curtis, you can start again here too. I'm going to say I'm going to say no, but it's not because I'm so I have trust issues, yeah. I guess. I got to I got to stay uh true to the second <laughs> here. I have trust issues with Darren Waller here and it's not because um I think he's going to have a bad season. I think he's a player that I'll own plenty of in uh in redraft even let alone dynasty. But I think with some of the some of the tight ends that are changing teams presumably we could see increased roles. So a guy like Hunter Henry or a full season from Tyler Higby, either one of those guys uh, could challenge Waller for uh, top five supremacy. Mark Andrews actually would have bumped Waller out of the top five if he had played in the 16th game and uh, hit his per game average. Uh, but because he didn't play in all 16 games, Waller kind of held the seat over him. Um, so 
it's there's just a couple other guys there and it's easier for me to say i feel really confident that he's going to be a top eight guy again um and i think uh the distance between him and maybe the 9 10 11 guys is enough that he remains a target um, but i don't feel good about saying he will be a top five tight end i'll, I'll take the under and actually say he's going to be in the six to eight range right and there's also you know you mentioned a lot of the outside um you know things that could affect it there's also the the team things that could affect it i mean right like they could add a big time wide receiver in the draft early which you'd assume would take a lot of targets you got you know guys getting healthy that were injured last season you know they're feeding jacobs the ball they have other you know guys they just like or they're going to add or make changes to i know and, and, and even guys you know like renfro and stuff who are improving and, and stepping up more and more um we've seen what felt like he was taking a little bit of a toll on waller right as his success started to come in so there's just internal things and outside, you know, influences. But I, I still I'm with you as far as top eight. You know, I feel like it's easy to put him there and I can understand putting him a little higher if you feel really confident about it. Um, but, you know, I don't see any kind of fall off. I, I, I trust him a lot, though, and I'm a Raiders fan, so I have some bias here. Um, so that's obvious. So, Josh, Adam, what do you guys thought since I'm a biased Raider fan also? I don't know. I'm pretty confident in him being top five, honestly. I think that he's one of the few tight ends that are really the primary pass catcher in their offense. Uh, and I think that that's going to probably be the case going into next season. I mean, I, I doubt that the Raiders go after any big free agent signings. And even if they draft a wide receiver early, it's going to take time to develop. So coming into the season, he's, he's going to be the number one target in that offense. And I expect Oakland to be trailing most of next year uh, unless they can rebuild quick. Uh, so I, I see them having to throw. So just from like a pure volume standpoint, as well as just what he showed us this past season, I, I feel like top five is definitely in his range of outcomes, if, if not what I'd be kind of expecting from mm-hmm. him. Yeah, so we all feel pretty good about him, Josh. Don't yeah, give me some I, Raider hate. I don't think there could be a more Derek Carr offense than Waller and Renfro. Like, <laughs> but will it even be a Derek Carr offense? That's I don't know. Maybe thing. it won't. That's be. the other thing. You know, right. Tom Brady loves tight ends, guys. <laughs> how about how about Jalen Hurts? Wouldn't that be just like <laughs> fire, man? Because the Raiders, I feel oh. like, would roll him out. <laughs> guys, I man, I'm gonna derail you for a minute because Jalen Hurts. I feel like, and I don't know if we're gonna talk any uh, super flex or startup uh, stuff in this episode, but. Jalen Hurts is going to be on like every dynasty team that I have uh, just because of what we know the Konami code does that rushing upside uh, for quarterbacks can mean in, in the NFL. And so I'm, he'll be a target for me, like in, in the third round rookie drafts and one QB and I'll probably target him in a lot of second round uh, super flex rookie drafts. Jalen Hurts actually of all the quarterbacks in the NFL draft class this year has the best comps. When you look at his uh, box score scout uh, returns at Rotoviz, one of our main tools there, his uh, let, let me pull this list up real quick. I've got it handy. His his comps are insane for a guy that's not being projected as a round one uh, draft pick. We've got okay, so Dak Prescott, Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, and Andy Dalton are all among his top eleven sim scores. And this is a guy that's like not even considered what a top four or five quarterback in the class. Yeah. So I know you were joking about Jalen Hurts, <laughs> but, but I'm actually not. Like I would love to see Jalen Hurts land in, in a situation where he could actually win the job. What's the deal? What are the what are the warts on him? 
Um, I think it's just um, the the question about is it you know well he had to transfer. It's the latest in the line of the Oklahoma quarterbacks. Um, are they are they system quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield uh, sliding back in year two? Maybe that gives a little bit of of pause or question. And I think it's just the quality of the other guys in the class. Um, it's not necessarily that people don't like Hertz. And in in a class like last year, had Hertz um, had the season like in 2018 that he had in 2019 and, and was able to come out last year, probably would have been a hands down top half of the first round selection. But you know we've got some guys that are. I mean Burrow and and Tagovailoa. These are these are once every you know four or five years types of uh, quarterback prospects, and so it just drives Hurts down the board a, a bit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Do you have an idea of like what is the projection for him draft wise? Like, is he a second round guy to most people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think he'll go in the second round. Okay. Um, I I think we're gonna see. I really think we're gonna see at least five quarterbacks in the first round. The way things are shape, shaping up. Um, I think at the end of the day, some of these guys that are that are moving around aren't going to get quite the huge deal that they're expected to get. So somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like Andy Dalton, if he changes teams, um, the length of the Brady and Rivers deals will also impact this. But there's going to be a team that's not quite sure about their guy that's going to that's going to reach around early just in case. Uh, and and I think Hertz is one of those guys. I mean, I think Hertz certainly has more upside than some of these other people I'm seeing in like the mid first now, like Jacob Eason. I mean, I, I don't know how that's happening. Um, and I, you know, a guy like Fromm who looked Jake Fromm out of Georgia, who looks maybe a little bit more like a game manager. I just don't see the appeal or the upside there, unless, in, unless you're trying to just not whiff on your pick. But Jalen Hertz is the type of a pick that if he hits. I mean, he, that coach and that GM keep their job for a decade right. on that hit. Yeah, especially with the way we see quarterbacks going. You know what I mean, like the way that they're taking, you know, re- you know, the guys that are coming up to the top of the league right now are guys like him, right? I mean, it's just been working out that way. Yeah. So it's like we're just tired of seeing these really good quarterbacks out of Oklahoma. Like it's so boring. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, we'll see. Uh, he, he is an interesting guy to watch, though. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see who's throwing the ball in Oakland, guy. I mean, Vegas. Excuse me. See that? Oakland. Could be Tom Brady. Could be Jalen Hurts. Could be Derek Carr. That could change the things for Waller. We'll see. Um, The the last thing I had here on trust issues, I really, we just wanted to bash Josh on a trade here, Curtis. So you can help us out here. Um, Neil and Adam should be trusted when they say that Josh is trading away of Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup for Debo Samuel and Kareem Hunt is a bad trade. You trust us? Or you have trust issues, Curtis. Uh, we we traded Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup for Debo Samuel and Kareem Hunt. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Neil and Adam say this is a bad trade. Oh no! What are oh, we doing? That reaction was so worth oh, it. I'm oh, so glad we put that on the show I'm, notes. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just dead inside now. <laughs> so <laughs> oh so here here's the thing about this this trade is it's not so. And I'll I'll try to I'll try to defend Josh just because I'm a nice guy. But so if, if I'm Josh, <laughs> my my character is being questioned. Yeah, if, if I'm Josh here and and I'm and I'm I'm trying to figure out what he's thinking. I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna go all in and bet that Cream Hunt actually is not a Cleveland Brown next year, and that he returns to RB one status, and that um, six months from now this will look like I got a deal. So the, the problem is, is that even if you're right, 
you got fleeced on market value today. So that's, that's, it's not that, you know, I think there is a range of outcomes where this trade actually works out for you because you got younger at receiver and you got a potential RB one, but it's this whole deal is just teetering on the razor thin edge of Kareem Hunt getting volume next year. So, uh, Godspeed, my man. <laughs> I just want to insert the voiceover. Would you believe? <laughs> because it would be, would you believe that the belief was that Debo Samuel was the best player in this trade? No, Debo oh, Samuel. Oh, no. Who said that? This trade? That cannot be. No one thinks that. <laughs> I, I love, I love Debo Samuel. That. That, that's the biggest stretch ever. Like, I love Debo Samuel, but he's not going to he, be. He's not the best player in this. He's the trade. third best wide receiver in that trade. Yeah, that's the, okay. That's like, the, I'm not uh, saying that Debo is going to have an overall better career than Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen as a dynasty asset is no longer appreciating. Yeah, you know, you're that's fair. That's still that's totally fair. Yeah, but is. but um, he's all the doubt surrounding Keenan Allen is Rivers being gone um, and the supposed ascension of Mike Williams, who I actually like. But he hasn't really truly broken out, and Keenan Allen is still the clear guy there. And Hunter Henry is very potentially gone, which is only going to increase volume, as is probably Melvin Gordon. So, I mean, I actually see more volume being driven the way of Allen and Williams next year, uh, regardless who the quarterback is. I think the big fear for everyone is that it's a Tyrod Taylor offense somehow, and they just don't pass the ball anymore, which which absolutely would be a travesty for Allen, and in the bottom would fall out. So, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but if you're trading away Keenan Allen, even with with a stagnant market value, yeah, Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup. I mean, we got to do better than this return. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And those trades are why Josh is everyone's favorite trade partner. Thank you, Josh. But I but I like bold. It, he he feels very. He seems to me very dug in in the take. And so yes. I, I yes. Actually appreciate the bold. I appreciate the boldness. <laughs> I want to say this, like about the Chargers. Like I thought that was interesting. I really do not like the um, when people question very good wide receivers because they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Like I think that's I think that's a bad thought to have. So I don't think Keenan Allen should be discounted at all because of Rivers. Like Rivers was probably not that good anyways this year. <laughs> this last year. Okay. So I I I'm not making the claim that you know I'm like worried about who's next. You're just hurting your situation. Depot is the best player in this in this trade <laughs> and then i'm i'm impressed with kareem hunt getting volume on a field with nick chubb that that is a that is a an impressive feat Don't even but it's a fair assessment to say that it's on the razor thin edge of hunt getting volume next year that's totally fair yeah, I I already shot my wall on this guy. So I don't have anything else I can do. I, I feel like I feel like we've already we've already appropriately uh, attacked Josh. On Very this. Josh. Very, yes. I'm, I'm gonna stand up for my guy here. Let's move on. And, and, uh, and the grave has been dug, and the flowers are on top. <laughs> and to be fair, Josh has made some good trades lately, but we're not gonna discuss them. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Right. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, so we have this segment here we're going to do. It's called Pick One, right? And it's a startup dynasty league. We're looking at this from a viewpoint of. Uh, we just going to knock off some groups of guys here uh, for certain. They're, they're grouped up for certain reasons. And you just pick one. 
just one that you feel the strongest about and for whatever reason. Um, you can spend short time on it, a lot of time, whatever you want to do. Um, Curtis, we'll let you go first. The first grouping is for QBs in Superflex, Startup Dynasty League. You only pick one. We got Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow. Yeah, Ky- Kyler Murray, um, It and it's not close. I, I would strongly prefer him to the rest of the group. I'm with you. That Anyone, makes my anyone? heart happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that so was Joe easy. Burrow. <laughs> yeah. not in the conversation there. Like he's not. I'm not sure how to value this guy. Burrow. I mean, I to me the only one that should be even close would be Josh Allen. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he's the only one close for me. I I like all of these guys. I think it's very possible that all four. Our QB ones, um, and, and I mean top twelve uh, and dynasty startup um, quarterback. Uh, I guess positional ADP at this time next year. Um, we do have a, a big time youth movement going on at the position. I don't think it's unrealistic to to think that Baker Mayfield could bounce back now that we've got Kevin Stefanski at the helm and a different offense coming in with a competent uh, a competent mind, uh, somebody that's not going to be in over their head. I mean, we quickly forget that Baker Mayfield uh, did have uh, arguably one of the best rookie seasons by any quarterback in NFL history, um, and it just didn't go the right way for him. I guess he was spending too much time um, in the Cheesecake Factory parking lot uh, to, to focus on the game film. But, um, yeah, that's we won't go too far into that. I don't know what the uh, <laughs> the, the rating on your podcast is, but um, but Joe Bur- to, to be fair to Joe Burrow, um, Joe Burrow literally just had the most impressive and most efficient season ever in in college football history by a quarterback, and he did it against the SEC, who was throwing out round one, round two, round three draft picks on every defense that he faced the whole season. So, I mean, it's, you know, he didn't do this at Hawaii. You know, he did this at LSU in the teeth of NFL prospect country. And so I think, you know, he's an old prospect. We only have one season that's been played at this level. But he definitely proved that when paired with a unique offensive mind like Joe Brady, uh, that this is what was possible. And he basically went from afterthought to the consensus number one pick in the NFL draft in one season. So who am I to count this guy out? But I, I like all four of these guys. I think it's a, it's a cool group to put together and force us to choose one from. But I'm going to take Kyler Murray and those legs and that wide open offense. Yeah, it's hard to go against him. Definitely is. Um, all right. Next grouping is second year wide receivers. Uh, Debo Samuel has found his name onto the list. We know where Josh is going here. Uh, DK Metcalf and Terry McLaurin. Uh, who do you go with, Curtis? Pick one. Wow. I I mean, love love all these guys. Um, feet to the fire, I'm going to say Terry McLaurin, um, only because I'm going to project him for the most work in year two. And, you know, I think this in some ways ties into um, what we just talked about with Keenan Allen in the previous segment, that if we think a receiver is really good, are we going to – um, discount him because of the quarterback situation. And I, I think Terry McLaurin proved that he is very good last year. I mean, he paced for over a thousand yards, regardless of whether superstar Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins was thrown on the ball. And he did this as a rookie with literally no help um, or any other viable threat in the passing game in, in Washington. So uh, they they have, 
you know, competent coach in place. They have Dwayne Haskins with a full off season of those two building on that rapport that they have dating back to the Ohio State days. I think Terry McLaurin is probably a top 18 wide receiver in fantasy drafts uh, or and actually in fantasy production as well in 2020. And, and, and I'm going to go there only because of the production that we get next year. I think all three of these guys are, are, are going to be superstars in the future at some point. For sure. And it's also interesting because Josh just traded away Terry McLaurin. Right, Josh? That did happen, yep. <laughs> he traded away. You got a lot of stuff back. I don't know. What, what do we get? Yeah, what tell me what you got, Josh. Oh, okay. It was a pile <laughs> of stuff. It was like 221 seconds, Andy Isabella, Preston Williams, Jacoby Myers, that might have been it. So I think I think two twenty twenty one seconds. Is that what the first thing you said? Yeah. Yeah, I think getting that and Preston Williams, who had, um, man, like all the air yards uh, for Miami over the last half of the season. Um, if you're rebuilding, I can see that. I probably wouldn't have done it, but that's that is a <laughs> lot. That is a, a big return. Um, I probably would have wanted twenty twenty second round picks because I, I just waiting that extra year it would have been too hard for me to do but i think if you're trying to rebuild uh i i think that's a defensible deal yeah i felt like um i felt like preston showed most of what mclaurin showed nfl production wise like not quite but a lot of it and then andy isabella has i think a better college prospect profile so i, I don't know i i like the package overall and then the the draft picks could pan out or just sure be- Sure. Yeah. Especially, especially if you hit, if you hit on like both those picks, you know, in two years, you could view this as a deal that you rebuilt your team on. So. Yeah. And just, to, just to clarify, it was two 2021 seconds and one 2023. If that, if that changes anything. Um, but yeah, so that was an interesting trade that Josh made. Um, I think for me in this list, I obviously going into the season, I like Debo the most out of all three. Um, Terry obviously was more of a shock to me. But uh, if I had to pick one, I still I still might go Debo. I still think I like his team better in a situation. I just trust it. I feel safer. But I guess if I'm going balls to the wall crazy, taking some risks, then Terry McLaurin. But if I'm trying to play it safe. If I have Debo, I'm probably keeping Debo, and that's probably who I would pick here in a startup too. Um, I just trust him a little more. I just feel like he's a, you know, an Anquan Bolden type. I just trust the guy. Um, Adam, Josh, either one of you have anyone specifically? Yeah, I mean. The guy, he had four wide receiver one weeks as a rookie. Come on, Debo? Debo yeah. did, yeah. I, I'm impressed by that. I like him, man. We all like him. But do you pick him first out of all these guys? Yeah. I mean, I could. I think you could make a decent argument for, for DK because, I, you know, he, he showed a lot this year, too. They all did. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he's such a – a big body like you know it's hard to not think calvin johnson and and just think that he has a lot of potential in front of him so i i could see an argument for dk but otherwise i think it's debo mm-hmm. and we all like his quarterback the most dk so yeah but we'll see adam i gotta say when i put this together i uh i literally thought i was the only one who'd say terry mclaurin um so curtis kind of shocked <laughs> me with that um I, I honestly think that like that's a lot of public perception right now is, is DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel are not even not even close to Terry McLaurin in dynasty value, which to me is shocking because um, I I think McLaurin does project just as well if if not better because 
I mean, the benefit to what McLaurin has right now is, you know, we don't know who his quarterback's going to be. We don't know what they're going to do there. And we've seen that he's been able to produce with just about anybody. And as a rookie, I mean, that, that that's a hell of a lot to show. I mean, what Metcalf did and what, what Samuel did, it's fantastic. But they're both on offenses that are, are going to be run first. And they're both not the primary target in that offense. So McLaurin to me just has more upside from just kind of a volume standpoint and, and really just, you know, the what if it's February right now and we don't really know what shit's going to look like in August kind of standpoint because he, he just, he has way more potential opportunity just based on where he is in that offense. Yeah, I guess his hardest hit right now is his quarterback and that he's a Washington Redskin and we're just not paying as much attention. We just not, you don't get excited about those guys. They're just not that good. <laughs> those are his hardest hits. That's why people probably – that's why you think the perception is he's the last guy on this list of people is those two things. But it seems like we got some Terry fans here. The next grouping that we have here is uh, rookie 101s. Got to pick one. We have DeAndre Swift, running back. Jonathan Taylor, running back. And then we have the two wide receivers, Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Or if you just have someone who's not listed, who's your pick one in startup dynasty, Curtis? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I've been talking about this on the uh, on the podcast world world tour over the past two or three <laughs> weeks. Um, he is okay. So I'm just I'm just going to keep this simple, and I won't go into my whole uh, spiel here. But the reason it's Jonathan Taylor for me is I think. I think dynasty leagues are such now that if we have running backs and wide receivers that are equivalent prospects, we have to draft the the running backs first. And that's because of the flash in the pan style uh, that we see from running backs in terms of fantasy production and the extra roster equity that you get when a running back hits versus a wide receiver hitting. So that's, that's number one. So the edge goes to the running back over Judy or lamb, in those cases. And the reason I like Taylor over Swift is that with Swift, it's basically a film-based evaluation is, is how you have to get there to put him at your one-on-one. I mean, he, he had stats that were solid. Um, and there are some excuses that we can make for him, you know, fourth quarter touches, you know, not being there as they were for Taylor, but Taylor literally was potentially the best running back in the country at age 18 as a true freshman. Um, he averaged over 2000 rushing yards, three seasons in a row. If he played a couple games next year, he would be the all time leading rusher in college football. I've seen him do this for three straight seasons. He added in some receiving ability, uh, that he was able to show us in 2019. He's going to be one of the best athletes, uh, at the running back position at the NFL combine. I expect that'll only help reinforce his draft position. I'm going to take the guy that checks every box instead of hoping that a film-based evaluation is correct. And that is why Jonathan Taylor is my one-on-one. And let me ask you this before anyone else says anything. Is there anything that can move you off of Jonathan Taylor? Like anything An injury. That, injury. Okay. An injury. Okay. I mean, so so for, for Jonathan Taylor to not be my one-on-one, it would take um, a significant injury between now and the NFL draft, or he would actually have to go – there would have to be a two-round difference between he – and Swift or or Dobbins, actually, I also placed in that tier. So let's say if DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins were like both first-round picks and Jonathan Taylor fell to the third round, at that point I would do some adjusting. But if these guys go within 20 picks of each other, which is actually what I predict will happen, I think 
as soon as the first bat goes, it's it's not even going to be probably more than about a half round before the other two go. Um, the, I don't care if Taylor is the third out of those three to be drafted. As long as the distribution's that tight, he's going to stay at my one-on-one. Interesting. Josh or Adam, do either one of you have a strong opinion on this topic? I, I'll i go. I have an opinion here, and my opinion is Jerry Judy should be crossed off of the list. <laughs> like, and and you know what? I don't really know enough about any of these prospects to like slam Judy, but like, why should I not j- draft Jalen Rager over Jerry Judy? That's a big argument right now. So, yeah. So I don't think he deserves to be in that group. I don't think he's the wide receiver one. Do you see it that way, Curtis? Are you a, are you a Rager guy or a Judy guy? If you had to choose, well, Rager. Rager is my wide receiver one, one okay. um, but I, Rager, Judy, and Lamb are all uh, two or one guys for me, mm-hmm. um, and and I actually have not uh, made my mind up on that. I think um, draft capital is going to inform that a little bit. As long as Rager goes in round one, which is what I'm projecting him to do, I think he's going to destroy the combine. He's probably going to be the all-around combine champ at the wide receiver position. He may not necessarily win any individual event, but he's literally going to be like a top three or four performer in every event. He's going to be one of these guys where, you know, you see the graphs from Rotoviz and, and other sites like player profiler where, you know, we'll post combine performance percentiles. He's going to be the guy with the bar chart that like breaks the top of the graph. <laughs> um, that's going to be Jalen Rager. And so see, Jerry Judy um, is widely thought to be the best route runner in the class, very refined prospect, also a burner going to run probably mid four threes. Um, he's going to have the draft capital. We know the NFL uh, scouting departments love Jerry Judy because uh, we hear that literally from from every uh, draft analyst right. is that you know they're here in mid first round on Jerry Judy. So he's going to check those boxes. I think the the question is is does he have true wide receiver one upside out you know absent of volume? And and I actually think Jerry Judy if if he could be in the if he could find a team situation where that he'd be using the slot. I think he does have top twi- or top 12 wide receiver upside. He's forced to stay on the outside. I just don't see him being able to earn the target volume that we need. Whereas with C.D. Lamb, uh, natural fit on the outside. Jalen Rager, natural fit on the outside. These are guys that are bullies. Uh, even though Rager's you know, much smaller than Lamb height-wise, he's got that high BMI, aggressive, my ball mentality. I just love everything about that. I think those two guys in particular are the ones that have like the 10-12 touchdown upside that leads to those huge, huge receiver seasons like a DeAndre Hopkins or a Devontae Adams, that type. And that's just not how I'm projecting uh, Jerry Judy at the NFL. Gotcha. Adam, before we move on, do you have anything on this one? No, I mean, I have Jonathan Taylor at okay. the top of the list as Got well. It. But yeah, All right, cool. really dad. All right, so let's move over to Fowler No Foul so we can close out the show soon, soon here, kind of soon. Um, Fowler No Foul, it's my favorite. Uh, segment of the show. I'm basically going to throw out topics to you guys. You guys don't have to elaborate on these ones if you don't want. Just foul or no foul is good enough if you'd like. Um, I'm going to throw out statements. If you agree with the statement, there's no foul. If you think there's something wrong with the statement, you don't agree, it's wrong, whatever, you call foul on on the statement. So uh, when it's all said and done, Patrick Mahomes will have a more decorated career than Tom Brady. Foul or no foul, Curtis? Whew. Man, it's so tough because of the criteria. I'm going to say foul and it's because i think at the end of the day we still grade quarterbacks on super bowl rings and it's just so improbable that anyone will have the success 
uh, in that department as, as Tom Brady. So, I mean, Dan Marino owned every record when he retired. We never talk about him. I think Mahomes having the one ring helps, but at the end of the day, it's those rings. So I'm, I'm going to say he doesn't get to where Brady's at. I'm with you, especially since Brady's going to be a, a, a Raider soon, right? You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does anyone disagree about Brady over Mahomes decorated? You got to be really good and really lucky to get that many Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, rings. Exactly. All right. Honestly, I think the biggest impact. I just want to add this piece because w- there is a lot of talk that like Patrick Mahomes could ascend to that that level. But really, to me, like the biggest factor is that Mahomes and the Chiefs did it on on his rookie contract. Let's wait and see what happens. Have to pay Patrick Mahomes, and then have to build a team around him with yeah. that impact on the salary cap. Because just even looking back, just over like the last decade, as far as the NFL goes, outside of the Patriots, there have not been a lot of teams who have been able to compete in Super Bowls with anything other than a rookie quarterback so or a quarterback that's on their rookie contract i should say so i'm really interested to see how that impacts the chiefs moving forward makes sense same important point all right next one uh the xfl will last more than one season foul or no foul curtis no foul but i'm not sure it'll get a third one (laughs) interesting that is interesting anyone disagree with that that's probably exactly what I would say as well. Yeah. I could even see it like ending midway through a second season. But they're they're definitely gonna finish a first one. I'm I'm positive of that, even though I'm not watching. <laughs> and I was super, super invested in the AAF. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this. I seen I forget where I seen it, but something about uh the XFL did try to talk to Kaepernick at one point or another. Do you think if he would have signed there it would have hurt the league or helped it? Oh man. If he's oh, I- good, if he's good at helps it if mm-hmm. he's bad it's bad <laughs> see see i disagree i think it would have been good either way because if he was bad people there's a there's a whole class of fans that would have just loved to see him fail um and it's one of those things where like all publicity is good publicity especially uh when you're on the up and come and so i just think that you know they would have loved for him to do it but I think he was asking for like 20 million a year. That's what he said. Yeah. It's like, you know, like the, every player in the league salary combined probably pales in comparison <laughs> to that. So I, I just think, I just think what the XFL has that the AAF didn't is they had their ducks in a row. You know, they had their TV contract done uh, well in advance of the season, whereas the AAF was piecing it together uh, days before kickoff. And they've got a guy who's run a developmental league like this before Oliver Luck actually was the commissioner of NFL Europe back in the day for four years. And so he knows, um, you know, he, he knows how to do this. And so if nothing else, they're going to have the right organizational structure. I'm just not confident that I'm just not confident the popularity of the sport from a viewership perspective can be there unless they really find a way to make it fun to bet. Yeah. And I, and I, I didn't verify these numbers, but I, I swear I seen that they did better than the NBA all-star game and everything. I don't know if that's accurate or not. But if so, that's kind of crazy, right? It doesn't seem like a bad stat. That's yeah, for sure. no, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. impressive. Like, I would be I'm kind of surprised by it. Um, all right. So the next one we have here is Phillip Rivers will be a top 15 quarterback on his new team next season. Foul or no foul? Top 15? Yeah. What, what was he this year? Like, foul. He was top 20 this year, right? Foul. Unless foul. it's a no interception lead. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's like Even the Bucks? Then, what if it's like the Bucks? Can we just say it's... Can we just say it's not? Because right. <laughs> it's not. All right. It's not going to be the Bucs. I don't. I don't think the Bucks are replacing James Winston. I'll. I'll be shocked. The Colts. The Colts. Come on, the Colts. 
The it, Colts to me seems the most probable, and it, honestly, I feel like that's the best fit. But still, no. <laughs> so okay, okay. So the I keep seeing Tampa Bay as a potential landing spot for Rivers, but like it's I don't understand how that could be your organizational choice when you're basically just getting an a much older version of a player who makes the same type of bonehead mistakes. Right. Like I I just wouldn't you be better off trying to figure it out with Winston and still potentially have your quarterback for the next decade? Um, unless, unless the fan, I don't, you know, I'm not in touch with the Tampa fan base. Maybe they are so over Winston that they need to do this from a PR perspective or something, but that, that swap would make like no sense to me. I, it, I, to me, they would need to bring in like a game manager type to make it make sense. Right. Yeah. Like if they went for like Andy Dalton for cheap or if Derek Carr gets booted out of, uh, Las Vegas now it is or if or if Cam Newton were to be a, a cap casualty uh, and, you know, could go in and just change the type of offense. But trading Winston for Rivers is like, gross. Makes no, it makes no, it makes no sense. <laughs> it's like when they it brought in no Denver. <laughs> Flacco. Yeah, I, I got nothing on Flacco. Listen, I, just, uh, I mean, come on. Winston got, his LAS- Winston got his LASIK surgery. Isn't that enough for Tampa? Come on. Keep them there, man. Keep them there. I want to see them just embrace the boat race and just say, we're going to throw for more yards than you can possibly throw for and score more points, and we're going to win. <laughs> we're going to throw 47 interceptions. I just want Winston to come out and have a five-interception season, and everybody be like, it was the LASIK. It was just all the LASIK. That'd be awesome. Or maybe Bruce Arian should adjust. Something like, what? No. Isn't it fair to think no. that like maybe he should adjust? Did he adjust? No, it's, it, I think this is mostly on Winston. I, I don't think we're blaming <laughs> we're blaming these bad throws into traffic on Arians. I mean, once once that ball snapped, Arians can't do anything. Josh, get out of here. And and he has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to throw to. So exactly, we, we can't we can't even say it's the receiver's fault. I I mean. There, there's no, there's no refuting that Winston's a bonehead. I just don't understand the defense of saying let's get a 38 year old or 39 year old uh, bonehead at, in in place of our our guy that's in the mid 20s. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad idea. All right, uh, the last foul and no foul that I have here: uh, former Major League Baseball relief pitcher Mike Bolsinger. I hope I say that name right. Uh, filed a lawsuit against the Astros for their cheating scandal, which if you guys aren't aware, the cheating scandal is where they caught they were caught stealing pitcher signals and then telling the batter before he got the pitch. Um, he states that in the game versus them, he gave up four hits, three walks, four earned runs, and .1 innings, and he pitched a, a horrible outing against them. And he's saying that his team cut him after that. No, no other MLB team wants him. They derailed his career, so he's suing them. So the so the foul or no foul here is the pitcher's case that he's suing for is valid foul or no foul. Wow, he's suing the team that he was on that was cheating. No, a, a team he went against who was cheating. Oh, he went. So he, he he's suing the so, he's suing the Astros. Yeah, because he because he said he was pitching against them. They were cheating and giving away his pitches, so he pitched horrible. And then his team cut him, and now other teams don't want him because he pitched so bad in that game. I I mean I actually think he'll I think he'll get a settlement. I think he'll, yeah, I he think he can will. I think he can actually win that case. I mean that's. You know, I think I, I'm not I'm not a legal expert, but to me, the the team played outside the acceptable rules of baseball. 
the commissioner has said that it was cheating and is levied, you know, soft, but he's levied penalties. So the game has taken the pos- position that the Astros actions were inappropriate and unsportsmanlike uh, and altered the outcome of games. So I think he does have a reasonable case to say, you know, this this outing for a new uh, for a pitcher without an established track record changed the course of my career. So he may be able to sue for, for damages. That's and beautiful. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm rooting for him though. I mm-hmm. think, I think these guys are scum. I agree. I think everyone agrees except Astro fans. <laughs> oh, even they may agree. Who knows? It's craziness, but look, we're all on your side, Mike, Mike Bolsinger. Good job, man. No foul. All right, guys, that's really it. We're just going to close this bad boy out with show and tell, which again is our segment where, you know, we recommend, or brag or tell and share about any product, a podcast, music, an artist, philosophy, advice, anything. I'll start it off. I'll go. You know, you guys know I'm always going to go my true crime podcast route. Uh, I've been listening to Monster DC Sniper. I don't know if you, any of you guys have heard it yet. Um, I've talked about the other Monster podcasts in the past. Adam, you're familiar with them too. Um, but they've done this one about the DC Sniper. Um, I don't feel it's as good as the first two podcasts done by uh tenderfoot tv in them but it's still worthy if you're a true kind aka murder podcast like i am junkie um i live in florida but like you know the dc sniper stuff had me nervous man i was in florida and i was nervous as a kid so um this was a little stroll down memory lane and how crazy the times were and everything so if you guys are familiar with it if you're not familiar with it i think it's a pretty good podcast so it's called monster dc sniper um josh adam when you want to go first before curtis we'll let him go last since he's a guest yeah i mean if it's allowed i got two I got sure, things. man. Sure. Yeah, why not? Um, so one, uh, this weekend I finally got around to uh, watching the um, Best Picture award-winning movie Parasite. Um, which, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, I'd say go into it blind. Like, don't don't look up anything about it. Just watch it because it's a phenomenal film. Uh, and I was I was really blown away. Uh, most of the time, like. I don't know things that win best picture. I don't often, you know, resonate with, uh, but this, this film uh, was really, really captivating. And I almost don't even want to say too much. Cause I, I don't even want to like give anything away about it. Um, but I would just say that it's like extremely worth watching. And for a movie that is basically entirely in subtitles, it never felt like a movie that was in subtitles because I'm I'm the type of person who like I'm reluctant to watch a lot of things with subtitles because to me that's work like even Narcos on Netflix like I know it's a great series but I've tried getting into it and I just can't get into the rhythm of like watching a show that I have to read constantly yeah Uh, this movie is one of the first times I've ever like seen something with subtitles and totally just felt so immersed in it and it the pacing of it was so well done in my opinion, that, that it just, it, it never felt uh, tedious. All right. And the second thing? But yeah. And the second thing is we got to talk a little bit about Wilder Fury this weekend because <laughs> I'm super, super excited for the rematch. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I felt like, uh, even though we're a fantasy football podcast, I still, <laughs> I still always want to talk about the big fights when they happen. Yeah, Wilder, man. I'm all. You seen Fury talking about he was going to retire after his fights are up, his three fights, whatever, with ESPN. I don't ever believe shit he says, but I don't know, man. I'm going for Wilder. 
You know, I think Wilder's going to win by knockout, even though I feel like every single person that I see talking about it just in like the public realm or all the thoughts and personalities on the subject and all the people in the boxing world, everybody has Fury. And it's shocking to me. But I think they just think that, you know, Wilder got lucky to knock him down those two times. (laughs) I I don't know. I Yeah, I, I got Wilder. I. I'm shocked that the uh, the odds are as close as they are for as many people as I see uh, touting Fury. Yeah. But, uh, Curtis, yeah, are you into we'll boxing see. at all? I'm not into boxing much, um, but I have over the past year or so gotten really into MMA and UFC specifically. Yeah, so I can I can appreciate the passion there. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right, cool. So those are cool shares there. Josh, you got something for us, man? Uh. I'll let Patrick. I'll let Curtis go if he's ready. He said Patrick. He said he's. I'm oh, sorry, man. You're nah, in my head. He's just, been planning that the whole episode. <laughs> he's been planning that the whole episode. Whatever. This teacher. This I feel teacher. like I don't even want to show. I'm just gonna like take the ball. I feel so bad time. for that kid that like gets called the wrong name. That's so messed up. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll do. I'll do. I mean, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna do two, but I'll make them quick. Okay. Uh, I guess culture, culture wise. Um, something that I've been having fun listening to over the past two or three months. It's a podcast. It's called Office Ladies. And so for fans of The Office, uh, which is probably the best thing that's ever been on television in history, um, this is actually the characters that played Pam and Angela on the series, re-watching the whole series. And then they they give you all these Easter eggs about what was happening with Steve Carell or any of the guest actors, actresses, it's just, it's really fun to go back through. And so it's made me kind of going to, uh, kind of want to go back and, and watch a lot of episodes. So, uh, really enjoying that. Uh, and they have like big stars stop by, uh, from, from other pods too. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's called office ladies. And then, um, just to kind of wrap this whole thing up with what we talked about at the top of the pod, I mean, you, you got to check out rotoviz.com and everything that we're offering there. So, um, if you've never given us a try, a great way to get an idea of what we're all about is buying our rookie guide series. It's $14.99 at rotoviz.com. That's three volumes. And if you've used this before and it's been a while, or if you've loved everything that you've heard in this episode of Clock Dodgers so much that you're compelled to go sub, there's a huge discount on it to your sub right now. It's only $74.99. So lock that up. That's a good deal, man. It's a good deal. That's a good deal for sure. Anyone listening, definitely go do that. I think Josh, aren't you subscribed to it too? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. Is... Can I add a year to my sub right now at a discounted rate? <laughs> uh, we do. We do actually extend subs, so you don't have to wait till the end. It's not like you'll lose any of that time. So if you want to, um, yeah, if you want to, why don't you just DM me? I'll this come guy. up with something special for you here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but but that's that's actually a great question, and it's one that we get ask quite frequently so if somebody just wants to extend or they like that two-year deal and they want to just extend for 24 months and lock in the savings um you can absolutely do that it just tags it on to the end of your sub there's there's no lost time listen it's not my business but i will say he tempted to call you patrick and i wouldn't hook him up with anything but I get yeah, I'll, I'll charge him a premium i'll put yeah. him on like i'll put him on a monthly auto renew plan <laughs> that sounds like good <laughs> that sounds really good that sounds like a perfect <laughs> idea that's I did not do that on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, that's it. That's all we have for today. Then I want to, you know, again, Curtis, let the listeners know just where they can find you. Also, like on social media, plug the podcast, that kind of stuff, too. Sure thing. Yeah. So you can follow me on Twitter at C Patrick NFL. That's C Patrick NFL. Uh, all of my written work is now at rotaviz.com. 
Um, oh, you can sign up if, for our premium email on the site. Uh, you'll hear from me from time to time uh, via that pathway as well. That's a that's a free service. Uh, you do not even have to be a subscriber to get our Rotoviz premium email. And then, of course, uh, the Dynasty Command Center podcast that I co-host with Travis May is where we talk about all things dynasty football, college football. Uh, just have a blast on there, usually one to two times a week. Perfect. Also, you can find Josh at JC Crocker on Twitter. You can find Adam at the other FF guy. And you can find me at Clock Dodgers, of course. Oh, also, guys, as something I have to share, I think I said it somewhere in a group chat or something, but today I was, or yesterday, I was walking through a parking lot. I seen a car with his trunk open and I seen like a purse there. And I was like, oh, that's not good. So I seen like this cop sitting nearby. So I went over to the cop and I was like, hey, just let you know that trunk's open and there's a person. And he's like, there's a person in it? And I said, no, 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 there's a purse in it. And I was like, wow, I probably used bad words here, purse in it. I think I hyped this cop up for the day. Um, so don't go to a cop and say there's a purse in it when you're talking about a trunk. and just say You're like, lucky you didn't get arrested. <laughs> it sounded bad. And the cop got very startled. I was like, I probably made him feel like a superhero almost for a second. And then I, I crashed it down. I was like, no, 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 a purse, a purse. I would have said a body, right? A body sounds better if there's a body yeah, in the trunk. I wouldn't have say said a person unless they were alive. Yeah, exactly. Did- did he just look at you and go, why didn't you fucking close the trunk? <laughs> no, he didn't. I, I didn't know. It. Hey, man, it could have been a setup, man. It could have been They could have been staging it there to get somebody. I, 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 I mean, I guess. I didn't want to touch the trunk. What if someone couldn't get into their trunk after that? They locked their keys. I mean, it's fair. You probably shouldn't touch someone else's trunk, even if it is out of, like, a yeah. kind gesture. But, man, that that's the weird stuff about, our like, what our society's turned into. Because when I was a kid, I was taught to, like, if you see a situation like that, like, you know, it, it, if there was someone around whose car it was, get their attention and let them know. But if not, like, prevent them from getting robbed. <laughs> like, yeah. That just seems simple. But you're like, I got to I got to go tell this. Police I almost officer. got roped up in a, a body in a trunk situation, man. Uh, no good. No good. Anyway, uh, that's a sidetrack. Sorry, guys. If you're listening for the first time today, we appreciate you guys more than you can understand. We hope you join us again. You know, we make it our business here to bring value and entertainment. Life gets stressful. You know, we want you to slap that subscribe button and not your boss or your annoying neighbor. So we look out for each other here. Curtis, thank you again for spending time with us, man. We're glad that this can finally line up. You know, we appreciate it. And uh, Absolutely, guys. Yeah, had a blast getting to know you a little bit better and definitely appreciate the the feel of the pod. It's uh, pretty cool. Kind of just feels like we were having a couple beers and chatting about uh all types of different fun things in fantasy or dynasty so thanks again for the invite of course as we close out that board that bourbon was a good man oh yeah okay. it, it, it was treating me well i you know this is just something you sip this is this is a nice one i'm not even done with the drink uh because you guys had me firing the hot takes but <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's been been very good again that was jefferson's oceans aged at sea nice all right perfect guys well that's it today for today clock dodgers as always be kind be great keep dodging struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. 
Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, for the LGBTQ community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.